The Guardian. Hello, I'm Tom Clark, and this is the Business Podcast, which we're bringing to you from the main hall of the Labour Party conference in Liverpool. The financial crisis has left many casualties in its wake. Banks went down, long-established businesses went under, and jobs disappeared. The main political casualty, however, was the Labour Party. In power for 13 years, the party's economic credibility took a massive dent. It followed its centre-left cousins right across Europe in being ejected from office. More than a year since that election, and with a new leader in place, voters still trust Ed Miliband's Labour Party, less than they do the coalition government on the economic questions. This week, the repair job begins. Step forward, the shadow chancellor Ed Balls with an extended mea culpa. The 75p pension rise, that was a mistake. So was abolishing the 10p tax rate. We didn't do enough to get all employers to train their workforces. We should have adopted tougher controls on migration from Eastern Europe. We didn't spend every pound of public money well. And yes, we didn't regulate the banks toughly enough and stop their gross irresponsibility here in Britain and all around the world. But the apology only went so far. The financial crisis, he said, could not be pinned on Labour. And don't let anyone say it was public spending on public services here in Britain which caused the global financial crisis. It wasn't too many police officers or nurses or teachers here in Britain that caused the Lehman Brothers Investment Bank to go bankrupt in New York. And characteristically, perhaps, he swiftly moved into attack mode. We didn't get everything right. We made mistakes. But abolishing the future jobs fund and cutting 100,000 jobs for young people, that wasn't Labour's mistake. Scrapping the regional development agencies, ending EMAs, cutting childcare tax credit for working parents, those aren't Labour's mistakes. Wasting £2 billion on a reckless NHS reorganisation. Wasting £100 million on elected police commissioners. Wasting a billion pounds on a tax cut for the banks. Billions more on rising unemployment. Ripping up our balance plan, trying to get the deficit down faster and choking off the recovery at the same time. Conference, those aren't Labour's mistakes. They're David Cameron's mistakes and George Osborne's mistakes and Nick Clegg's mistakes. Reckless, ideological, unfair, Tory economic mistakes... It was very much an attempt at a barnstorming traditional conference speech, punctuated with long bursts of applause, and after running through a five-point plan for growth, he finished with a flourish. Call it Plan A, call it Plan B, call it Plan C. I don't care what they call it, Britain just needs a plan that works. Well, Ed Balls has just uh, finished speaking. He's got a fairly thunderous reception. Let's um, dive into the crowd now and see if we can see what some of the faithful made of it. 
Yeah, Toby Perkins, I'm the MP for Chesterfield. Yeah. Conference uh, was absolutely lit up by uh, what they've heard from Ed because what he's made absolutely clear is that on the one hand there's going to be very strong uh, alternative that we're providing. There is a different way that the Tory failure that uh, is, is gripping our economy at the moment isn't the only alternative. But at the same time he's laid down very specific ideas about the way that Labour are going to demonstrate fiscal responsibility in the future. He hasn't uh, allowed the party to fall into the nonsense of making uncosted spending promises. Uh, he's not promising that uh, every problem created is going to be resolved, but what he is going to do is make sure that we've got strong fiscal responsibility allied with a, a really positive alternative. Was it that specific? Because, for example, he said we're going to have tough fiscal rules and we're going to make sure everything's costed, but we need tough choices on pensions. And then at the end, he just said, oh, we need to take the fight on to the Tories about women who are losing out on their pension. I, I, I wonder if it's tough on the generalities and a bit less tough on the specifics. Well, obviously it's early days and the most important thing when you are going through a policy review is to take into account the fact that it's going to be the next uh, manifesto is going to be sort of three or four years down the line. What he's making absolutely clear is Office of Budget Responsibility is going to have responsibility for making sure that the fiscal rules, the golden rules uh, that Labour introduced that uh, held our economy uh, in good stead over many years, obviously that he was uh, the architect of uh, under Gordon Brown as Chancellor. Um, that that is going to be the way that uh, Labour are going to conduct themselves in the future. I'm Alex Baker. I'm representing Vauxhall CLP here um, today. I was really, really proud to listen to Ed Ball's speech, especially his introduction as a a Labour cooperative shadow chancellor. Um, I felt he outlined exactly our position, our difference to the Tory agenda around the economy. I felt he proposed a real alternative way of doing things and I felt he gave us the vindication to go out there and really fight to get Labour back in government so we can deliver that. Do you think he really did answer any of the tough questions? He said, yes, there'll be spending cuts under Labour too, but he didn't give much sense of what they'd be. I don't think it's an easy thing to do to admit that we made mistakes, and that is exactly what he did. He went up there and said, we did make mistakes. No government is perfect, and the Tories at the moment are currently showing that they're certainly not perfect. He gave the answers that we need. You know, he showed what we, what we needed to do. I think the, I think the substance was there, um, and I'm really excited. I think you know, we've got something to go out on the doorsteps and speak to people about now. I'm Stephen Beer, I'm uh, Chair of Vauxhall Constituency Labour Party and I've just written a Fabian pamphlet um, on what Labour's economic policy should be and how we can restore our reputation on the the economy. Well, you've just been in there hearing Ed Balls' speech. You've also mapped out um, a a big plan for the big task of refreshing Labour's standing on the economy. Did he live up to it? First question. Yes, I felt he made uh, the first right steps, but I still feel we've got a lot further to go. So what I liked about his speech was what he said on spending, on having, uh, making sure that spending commitments have to be cleared and that we're not just going to have spending pledges that are uncosted. I think we should go further. We should have an effective spending guarantee so that we will guarantee to people that spending will be independently reviewed and will not be continued unless it actually delivers. And secondly, I really liked what he said about a National Investment Bank. They're going to study the case for that. I think it should be policy, and I think we should get on the front foot and advocate that soon. Why aren't Labour putting that forward now? They all talk about having an active industrial policy. You've got people in the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee, Adam Posen, saying, yes, this is exactly what we need to do. And he's saying, no, we're going to manage the government's holdings in RBS to pay off the national debt, not to get the economy going again. 
Well, I don't know why we're not yet advocating a national investment bank. It's probably because we have two-year policy review and we want to make sure that we don't just pick and choose policies um, you know, randomly, but that we're actually part of a consistent economic strategy. But Germany's had a, an equivalent bank for some time. I think we could do it as well. And as for the banks, well, personally, I think banking should be separated. If we want radical reform, um, we shouldn't just take on the, the existing consensus. That's what got us into trouble in the past with the financial crisis. We need to separate banking with a lot more radical uh, action on banking pay as well. Back in the press centre later, I caught up with The Guardian columnists Seamus Milne and Jonathan Friedland, and I started by asking whether Ed Balls had succeeded in giving a barnstorming speech. Well, I thought it was a barnstormer, especially for what an opposition spokesman has to do. And uh, I thought he took the fight to the Tories. I thought that line when he says, you can call it plan A, plan B, plan C, I don't care what you call it, just do it, was the clip that will be on the news. And that works very, very well. He was quite potent there. Uh, And I think just uh, constantly uh, making the case that in uh, a shrinking economy, you don't want austerity, you want growth. And I think that case outside the opinion pages of the guardian hasn't actually been made that forcefully and it was good that it was so i, I think i'm not surprised uh, that the conference crowd applauded it so uh, strongly and seamus do you think thumbs up from you as well or not well on that stuff i think he was excellent on the argument about that britain isn't a safe haven for people suffering now and suffering job losses and cuts uh, but also that the coalition policy isn't working i think the the, the bit that was more problematic for me is that I don't think he's really taken on the arguments about that the economy needs to change in its structure. That, for example, he's talking about the sell-off of RBS and Lloyds and what to do with the cash from that, whether to use it to pay down debts or the or tax cuts as the Tories want. I don't think he should be talking about that. I think he should be using talking about using RBS and Lloyds now as an investment motor for jobs and lending now in the economy and when Labour comes to power. So I think there's an, there's an issue about, you know, whether he's a bit reliving his glory days or whether he's moving on to the new agenda. But certainly the stuff about the, the, the coalition and the economy now was very powerful. And Johnny, I mean, it's true, isn't it? There was a slight oddity there in that he said, um, yes, we're going to manage the banks very dutifully and use them to pay off the national debt, but also floated this idea of a national investment bank. Why not just use the bank that he's already got, or he would already have if he was in power? Well, that's the argument Seamus is making, and I think that's, you know, that's a good policy argument and the one should be had. The function of this kind of speech, I thought, when Labour for two days in the whole year has got attention on it, with the, chance, the Shadow Chancellor's speech and then the Leader's speech on, uh, on Tuesday, is to at last have a platform and to use it for doing opposition politics. And I think Ed Balls made the transition to being an opposition sort of pugilist uh, ahead of his colleagues. He was, you remember when he was laying into Michael Gove a year ago, uh, when he was shadowing education. So he sort of gets that. And I think the other arguments, that's a long-running policy argument that, the, that, the, that Labour needs to have. I don't think it's immediate. It's not their immediate task because they are a minimum three years away from government. Right now the job is to land some punches on the coalition and I think he did that very effectively. Jonathan Friedland and Seamus Milne there. Right, we've heard what they think in here, but I've got an appointment outside with some special guests and experts in the Labour Party's recent economic history. Joining me outside the Liverpool Conference Centre now, we have the esteemed economist and observer columnist Will Hutton and Gavin Kelly of the Resolution Foundation, a think tank dedicated to people of moderate incomes. Um, First of all, Will, um, quick reactions to Ed Ball's speech today. Well, I'm glad that he put put his five-point plan down. It's about having an active state at a time of... when I I think things are really risk going very badly wrong in the economy. And I understand why um, he feels he has to 
talk the language of um, not so much fiscal conservatism, but actually I can be, and the Labour Party can be rigorous about public expenditure. But it was only in August of 2010, just over a year ago, where Ed Balls gave what I consider a brilliant speech during the uh, election campaign, where he'd actually, (coughs) at Bloomberg, where he really set out a kind of modern Keynesianism. And I was sorry that there was no shadow of that, or little shadow of that, in what he said today. And, you know, what, we have a kind of culture, I'll finish off quickly, don't worry, we have a culture worldwide, really, where it seems to me everyone is kind of running for fiscal cover. And I, I'm not sure that's right. And if Ed Balls isn't going to make the argument, I don't know who is. Gavin, did you notice anything just in terms of general tone on um, where they're coming from on the deficit? Was this a big day for Labour, do you think? I think this was a very important day, and I thought there was a distinct shift in tone, if not so much in the substance of policy, uh, particularly on the deficit and on the language of fiscal responsibility. What you heard today, I thought, was an attempt to balance, on the one hand, the the short-term need to support the uh, uh, economy and to talk about the dangers of uh, too much austerity, as Will says, but to balance that point and to be heard to balance that point in terms of a longer-term political need to say to the British public that the Labour Party will be a party of fiscal prudence, of fiscal responsibility, and we know that you will not elect anyone who does not who does not talk that language, and that Labour and indeed Ed Balls himself in the 90s get, got that before and they will get that again. And I thought that message came across today in a way that it hasn't in uh, so clearly in other speeches, and that, that is significant. He did, um, he did. I mean, I think that's a fair point that Gavin's made. I mean, he, you know, he is rocking with these uh, attacks on him, both from you know Alistair Darling's biography and and you know the, and the Conservative Party, you know, as, and it's worth reminding people that actually the proceeds of the of the um, spectrum auction the Labour Party spent, which I thought was wrong at the time actually, they spent on reducing the national debt, um, not on capital investment, which is what I thought they should have done with at least part of the proceeds. So you know there was a period at least when. The Labour Party was, in inverted commas, close inverted commas, a sound money, kind of rigorous on public expenditure party, and it's worthwhile just putting that marker down. But I'd liked it to have been done in a different context. You know, I understand why he said it, and uh, maybe you know you have to earn the right to do Keynesianism by by saying that you're going to be, you know, that every taxpayer's penny is going to be spent with extreme prudence and, and carefully weighted. I understand all that too, but I would like the philosophy of proactive management of the, gut, of the public finances in a grievously unbalanced economy to be made by a front-crank politician, and it wasn't made today. Um, if we were being unkind on Ed, would we say that the, um, the, the speech was in some ways reminiscent of your um, book, The State We're In, apart from without either the kind of sense of strategy or, or some of the detail? There were a lot of things he was just going to look at rather than commit to. Does Gavin want to answer that? It's a bit, you know, I mean, asking me is a bit, is a bit unreasonable. Gavin, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think, sort of shares in W. Hutton and, and some of his earlier writings have gone up in recent times. I think that's fair to say. Uh, so yes, I think there were bits, passages which did smack of that. But um, you know, that people have always been interested in supporting industry and actually making finance work uh, harder for British business. And I think it's sort of coming back with a bit of a vengeance. Uh, but it's not a, a marked shift, I don't think, particularly for Ed Balls or Fred Miliband. That's kind of you. But look, what I would say, you know, and I said it both in the state we're in and in this last book I've written, Them and Us, is that you're just going to have a, you know, you've got to have a kind of compelling. Kind of, moral and political philosophic vision 
you have to follow through with an architecture so that all the bits connect. It has to be a story that makes sense from you know, worker participation on boards right through to long-termism, <coughs> right through to how you're going to regulate. You know, it has to, it has to have a name. I called it stakeholder capitalism. It is accompanied by a, a way you do macroeconomic policy. It's accompanied by a way you approach innovation. It's about the way you organise welfare. It all hooks together and connects. And actually, just kind of, you know, grabbing a bit here and grabbing a bit there and putting a sentence in there in a speech isn't it. And I think that actually Ed Balls and Ed Miliband tomorrow, it would serve them much, much better to actually lay it out as an alternative vision for how we're going to organise British economy and British society rather than bits and pieces. Can I just so finally... Would, I would say that, wouldn't I? But, you know, there I am saying it. <laughs> Can I just push you, though, Will, on the five-point plan for recovery? I mean, we don't need to talk through every one of the steps, but, you know, there was um, some taxes on bankers to pay for more training. There was um, something about kick-starting house building, and there was a VAT cut. Do you think these are the right policies just to get the economy going in the here and now? I don't. I mean, they wouldn't. They, they 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 wouldn't hurt. But look, I mean, and I and I, I think actually, you know, if I was uh, advising a chart exchequer or was in a, in a position of influence, it's this kind of thing. As along these kind of lines, I'd be thinking. But actually, the kind of crisis besetting not just the British economy but actually the Western economies is much more profound than than this. I mean, there's just far too much debt out there in relation to GDP, not just in Britain but actually across Europe and across the states. And I think that. Either debt's going to be forgiven in the way that uh, people are going to forgive, are currently planning to forgive debt on Greece, or there's going to be some form of inflation. You know, there's no other actual solution to this really profound, and I'm going to call it this, a crisis of capitalism. At the moment, Britain's going to have to wait till 2014 to get levels of output back to where they were in 2008. That's a six-year wait. That's longer than between 1929 and 1934. You have to go back to the first half of the 19th century to have a recession as deep and as protracted as this. And actually, with as little prospect of once it's over, of there being much upward follow-through. These are really tough times. And actually, I think when you're a politician, you have to roll the dice a bit get a line of sight on actually you know the times that you're living in and actually start speaking to it and actually that wasn't what Ed Balls did today. Um, And Gavin the Resolution Foundation one thing it's been doing is drawing attention to that grim big picture and what it means in ordinary kitchens and living rooms up and down the country talk of wages maybe only getting back to 2001 levels in 2015 for typical people if that's the problem, do you think this headline-grabbing measure of the VAT cut is a well-targeted answer to those concerns? Well, look, I, the honest truth is I think that there were some really big issues in our economy which didn't really feature so much today. I think today was more about the macroeconomic situation. It didn't actually take us back to what's really been driving the fall in living standards in this country, which precedes the recession. If the recession hadn't happened, we would be having a problem, and that is because the wages of the average worker and below in this country have not been rising since about 2003-2004, so that's about four or five years of solid growth with no gain for average workers in this country. At the same time now as we're seeing tax credits that people used to rely on being withdrawn, the personal debt being unsustainable, we can't prop up living standards through personal debt and crucially and very much kind of understated is that, that we're seeing, we used to see many more women working which actually helped lift household incomes and we're now seeing that kind of long march of history stall and possibly go into reversal with more women actually falling out of the labour market in part because of withdrawal of childcare. So there are some major structural factors which led to rising living standards over a long period of time which then stopped going up that we didn't really hear much about today and that's the argument that I think we should be discussing at this conference and I hope we'll be hearing more about tomorrow from Ed Miliband.
Gavin Kelly of the Resolution Foundation and Will Hutton there. So, Labour's job is to get back on the road to economic credibility among British voters. This week we heard Ed Balls take the fight to the Conservatives, but when that party meets next week up the road in Manchester, he'll be public enemy number one. Expect plenty more scrutiny of that five-point plan then. For now, though, that's all from me. The producer was Phil Maynard. I'm Tom Clark, and thanks very much for listening. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.